Yo, 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 welcome to your favorite podcast, Stay Uncomfortable. My name is Oscar. And this is Johan. Favorite podcast. Soon to be favorite podcast for, for many, I hope. In the name of... In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I claim that. Facts. How, you, how was your day, bro? Uh, it was a long day. It was my Friday, so I have the whole week on top of me already. But I feel good. I'm excited. I've been dying to, you know, record. I've been trying to... Have this conversation Get some stuff off your chest Yeah You know Speak life Not death What about you brother? Uh, today was A surprisingly Light day for me It wasn't bad It was not bad at all I'm happy you got to leave early Yeah I, I Listen Working the night shift That's not even the night shift I call that second shift It's not the easiest I love it though Because I get to sleep True You know But I came back I went to the gym Getting those gains, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. I'm I'm gonna give you your flowers. (laughs) I'm gonna give you flowers. For those who don't know, Oscar has been uh, instrumental in my advancement in the gym. I am very overweight, very. But we're going to we're reducing that. Yes, we are getting rid of that. We're getting ripped. It's. I don't want to get ripped to be honest with you. Hey, man. Once you start something, I want to get toned. I'm gonna get lean. I want to be able to to do a pull-up again. You got this, bro. I yeah. believe in you. Yeah. So um. So before we start anything, let me just ask you a quick question. Go right ahead, man. Now that I have it here, um, just to kind of start off the conversation, um, what is something that you're still unlearning? Something that I am still unlearning. Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question, Oh, you right? came in. Okay. Coming in hot. All right. Go. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Something that I am still unlearning. I am unlearning how to avoid confrontation. You see how people say that confrontation isn't good? Sometimes it's necessary. I feel like it's always necessary. Not really. Here's the thing. I I feel like the time, I feel like is what's the timing. The timing is important. Yeah. Timing is very important. But uh, yeah, I am unlearning how to, I guess, not speak up. Because I I have this thing where I'm not saying I'm, I'm not I'm not a people pleaser I don't believe I am. Okay. However, I do believe I go a little bit too far when it comes to avoiding confrontation, and sometimes I need to be like, "Yo, what are you doing? Mm. That's stop type of thing." But I'm like, eh, I don't know. I just I let it slide, or I just don't really want to address it in the moment because, you know, it's not. I just go by, oh, it's not going to matter in in a, in a few. So why should I address it now? Yeah. But um. But yeah, that's one of the many things I'm learning. What about yourself, man? Um, recently, uh, overthinking. I feel like, and it and it sucks because I was never an overthinker until recently. So now I'm just trying to, I'm trying to slowly, just trust in God more, man. You know, and not let my thoughts get get ruin my day, or ruin you know, okay. just ruin me. Yeah, overthinking is uh. I feel like overthinking is a disadvantage that we are sometimes conditioned into. Right. Were you always an overthinker? No. Because remember, I used to be just very nonchalant about anything, so I never really gave much mind to anything. Can I challenge you on that? Try. I don't think that being nonchalant and overthinking are mutually exclusive. I think you could do both. You think you can do both? Yes. You think people can do both? Yes, I feel like you can overthink yourself into a coma and still be nonchalant about what you overthink. 
But the thing is, in the level of nonchalant that I was in, right, it kind of just shut down anything that really had to do with my emotions. Okay. I, I can see that. So that's where it was. Like, I, I see your point, but it's just the level that I was at, which is completely more significant than any emotion at all. Well, how do I put this? I understand. That's all I'm going to say. I understand. And uh, overthinking is not something that we can... It's not an easy thing to unlearn. So yeah, kudos not. to you if you're, tr- if you're, you know... I'm trying, man. I'm trying for my own mental health. Yeah. You know what's something else that I'm trying to unlearn? That we talked about this on the previous recording? What's that? Being over-argumentative. You like to argue? I well. like I like to state my case a little bit too much. Which is on the complete flip side of being non-confrontational. Yeah, it's kind of, you got a little bit of conundrum there. Yeah, because once I'm in there, once I'm already, you know, hey, since we're having this argument or since we're talking about this, uh, here's what I believe. So sometimes I, I, I really do believe it would do me better. It'd do me really good if I could just like learn to, to be quiet. You know what's crazy? What? And this hasn't, this doesn't even have, this is not really pertaining to you, but um, something that I heard earlier was that there's people who their egos are so big that even when they know you're right, they just want to feel relevant. So they just argue for the sake of feeling important. That's, that's crazy. We're, that's good. I'm not saying I relate to that in the slightest, but yeah. that, that's true. Yeah. People the, just want to feel a sense of validation. Do you think that goes into the into the know-it-all aspect of things or do you go do you think that goes into the the pride aspect of things? I think that's the pride aspect of things. Cuz nobody like like nobody likes being wrong. No. So People just want to feel like they're involved in something, even if that means an argument. You know what's 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 crazy though? That whole what you just said. People do not like being wrong. It is such a shame that we we completely ignore the amazing learning opportunities that come with being wrong. Yeah. And and, and you oh, that's actually something that I'm I'm actively trying to unlearn. Not not that I don't like being wrong. Right. But I have this really bad habit. Of let's say that you say, yo, bro, uh, you're about to hit that that tree. Okay. Instead of saying, oh, you're right. I go, oh, yeah, no. And I just correct it right there. Yeah. That is pride to the, bro, that's pride. I, I, I'm I not going to sugarcoat it's that. It's like I said. Like the that's whole, pride. Pride and ego is crazy because, and the thing is that, and I and I get it, and it's, it's at the point that we start to grow when we become united with certain people. Yeah. And the worst part about it is that sometimes you can learn things from the people that you least like. That is very true. And then it's cut, and then that's where the pride comes in. And it's like, you're really about to stop learning valid information because of who it comes from. Right. And, and uh, by the way, a quick shout out to my brother, Manny, who he actually brought it. He, we were talking about that the other day. He actually has that. Was same. that when we were on the phone call? No, no, no. This is another time. Okay. We actually had a conversation about that. He also, I'm not sure if he does it anymore, but he did the same thing. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, I know. And it's like, when did I pick that up? And I've tried to stop doing that because there's certain things that I. Oh, don't, you do it, too. Yeah. Like I. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like just an automatic response to certain things. And it's kind of just like, oh, I know. I know. Yo, but you, you but know, you know where you probably caught me doing that what? in the gym, bro, your 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 wrists, your wrists, you're twisting your wrists. No, you literally say 
I don't even realize I'm doing it. Really? Yeah, you you do say that. Oh, that, I'm getting better at yeah. that then. Okay. But it's literally one of those things where it's like you got you got to be present in the moment to really he listen to what people are saying and know what they are saying. You you don't know what, what they're saying. No, you and don't. it's okay to just be like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-mm. I feel like we we're embarrassed to admit that we're wrong. Yeah, like it's not which your... again, why? What am I gonna gain from being right? You know, there was somebody who said, I I never want to be right all the time. Because that means that I there's no opportunity for me to learn or grow. Exactly. And the moment that you stop learning and stop growing is a moment that you have reached, that you basically maxed out your potential. Mm-hmm. Which, that's a very big metaphorical thing to say. You don't ever really uh, stop learning. But you yourself can hinder yourself from learning. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. That indeed is the problem. Yeah. So few topics we got to discuss today a few yeah. spicy ones a few you know and we're gonna start hot today all right yeah go ahead so the first topic of discussion is uh what are the disadvantages of cheating on your spouse what are the disadvantages of cheating on your spouse so i think but, the, uh, like I, I i added my own add-on to like apart from that question i also added what are the this like also, like, what are the disadvantages of cheating on your spouse? Parentheses. Why cheat on a good spouse? Okay. So. All right. That's good. Uh, first of all, cheating, we already know, and in and of itself, is the manifestation of what could be many issues. Yeah. So, there we're not saying... Oh, here's why you shouldn't cheat. No, don't cheat. Don't cheat. Cheating is never a good option, ever. What we're going to go into depth into is the sub-laying, like the layers beneath the cheating that end up being unbeneficial to the people involved in the relationship. And all parties because it affects the cheater. Yeah. The cheated. Yeah. And the third person. Well, believe it or not. The third person, which I, we're going to talk about that. I, I'm going to get into now it. The, now, don't get me wrong. The third person is at fault, especially if that person knows that you're already in a committed relationship. Man. But. Man. But, and I'm not victimizing anybody. I'm not justifying anybody. Okay. But at the end of the day, if we're speaking, you know, as humans with feelings, if this third person caught feelings, right. they're also going to catch a stray bullet. Explain. Explain. I'll explain. You are married to a woman. Right. You start to have another relationship with a different woman, right? Yeah. And you start to kind of fantasize maybe even a future with said woman. Okay. Leading to this woman now having feelings that she cannot control, like very emotional, like, okay, maybe this guy will even leave his wife for me type of feelings. And then when they finally get to the reality of, okay, you're not leaving your wife, where does that leave this third person and all the expectations that you have put in her life and all the dreams that you have sold her, that you have, yeah, that you have. Okay. So I feel like it depends. It, that's If that happens, it happens, right? Yeah, it happens. However, I think the what people like to fixate upon a lot is did this person know that you were in a relationship? And I really feel like that's irrelevant. If they knew? Yeah. 
Go ahead. Tell, tell me. No, it's just like even like I said, even if they know, because we don't understand the extent of what of what the person cheating is, what information she that person is giving out. Yeah. So if you hear telling the third party like, oh, I'm just completely unhappy. I know that eventually I'll leave. Right. Knowing damn well that you might not. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you're selling a dream here. Yeah. You're setting the you're literally setting up the other person for a trap, basically. Didn't somebody say that the most cowardly thing you can do is awaken the love in another person that you have no intention of loving? Boom. Yeah. Basically basically what I mean by yeah. even the bystander suffers. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I, I feel like I wanna talk about the third person, right? I mean, we're, we're going to try to get all points, the cheater and the cheated. Right. So so let me knock that out out, out, out the park, okay? Go ahead. The third person. Many people like to fixate on that third person, especially if they knew that they were basically, I'm not going to say meddling, maybe you can't say that, mm-hmm. uh, that they were getting in the way of an already established marriage. Let's talk about marriage, okay? Because, right. well, again, we champion marriage, but... If you are a person that is in a committed relationship and you cheat on that person with another person who knew that you were in that committed relationship, I still assign 100 of the blame on you and not the person. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because I said that the other day and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they knew better. They shouldn't have done that. I'm like, hey, listen. If they knew, they they are still an awful person. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're not. However, what I'm saying is the burden of respecting that marriage was only on two people. It was on her and on him. Mm-hmm. The person who was introduced into the mix just saw an opportunity and they were going to do what they were going to do anyway. It just happened to be your marriage that was vulnerable. Yeah. Because it's like I, I put it this way. Let's say that there's a thief in the neighborhood, right? If I do not close the door, if I do not lock the door to my house, right? My wife knows that she has to lock the door and I know that I have I have to lock the door. Let's say that my wife did her job and she locked the door, but I come boom and I unlock it. Mm-hmm. And then the thief gets in the house. Why would I blame the thief for doing what that thief was going to do anyway? True. When I was the one who was tasked to protect this house. Yeah, very true. So uh, if you are somebody who I, I hope you're not going to the situation, many of you are because I get the messages. But if you're somebody who's going to the situation, uh, I just want you to know. It takes two. Not three. Mm-hmm. It is two of you that are responsible for a marriage. It is two of you that are responsible for making a marriage work, not a third person. And if there was anyone else introduced into the mix, it is your fault, not anyone else's. Yes, sir. That that that's my two cents on that. I agree. Now let's talk about how it affects the the cheater and the cheated. Who do you want to start with? Let's start about the cheater. Okay. I think, apart from the fact that you can possibly lose if this is a good woman, you can lose a good woman, but it also affects you as like just in next relationships. Yeah. Because. You never you like if you just continue to 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 cheat, you'll never fully experience stability. Okay. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. You'll never fully experience experience stability. However, I also do want to say this. 
if you are somebody who is continually doing this, because let's say that you had no no desire, right? You had no desire to to uh, abandon your relationship. You had no desire to ruin your relationship. But right. you started. You, it all starts somewhere. It could have started with porn. It could have started with you were entertaining inappropriate relationships. It could have started where maybe in your home you were being neglected and you felt like you wanted to get something elsewhere where you where you should have been receiving it at home. I just want you to know, number one, you're still at fault. Yeah. Right? For maybe not addressing what you could have addressed prior to the fall. However, here's where I'm going with this. If this is something that you started to do and you continue entertaining it and you brought the example, bringing it into another relationship guess what you're not going to be able to sustain that relationship because you have the bad habit of looking elsewhere for what you should receive at home you're conditioning yourself to normalize cheating you're conditioning yourself to normalize indulging in things that you should receive at home so with that being said Number one, here's how it affects you. You are giving yourself a bad habit addiction. You're giving yourself a bad habit addiction. Let it be, again, pornography. You can do that too. You can do that with, uh, let's say that your wife, ha- she, let's say that she forgave you. Now you go, oh, I got away with it. What else can I do? But you know what also happens to go ahead to the person that cheated. Yeah. They develop a sense of even even anxiety within themselves because if you put your person yourself in the other person's shoes, it's like okay they forgave, but did they really forget? And we also got to remember that um, for the person that got cheated on, sometimes they get a sense of revenge, and then the anxiety goes into the person cheating, and then now now you're now you are the known cheater. But now you also have anxiety because you feel like the person that you're with is doing the exact same thing you're doing to them. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a mirror to a certain degree. It's like you see, you, you put yourself in this situation, but now you suspect, because there's one thing, you never, nobody ever wakes up and say, yeah, I'm going to be a cheater. No. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Very few people get married and say, yeah, I'm going to cheat. No, nobody. And then... When you go ahead and do the very thing that you thought that you would never do, now you're questioning, wait, would they do this to me? Exactly. Like the person that you trusted more than anything in your life, now you're asking, wait, would they put themselves in this situation? Because not only are you affected, like as the cheater, not only are you affected by just physically, but, and I'm, I don't have any pity. I'm not saying that I have pity, but there's still the, 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 the thought that it affects them also mentally. Right. It affects them mentally. And that can lead, like I said, to my issue, overthinking, you know, whole time you're the one being wrong, but then you're in your own head because you think, Oh, I cheated. So they must be out there getting their lick back. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe I'm going to compare this to drug dealers, but let's compare it to drug dealers for real quick. If, if you're somebody out here that's doing something wrong, you automatically assume and expect everyone to do you wrong as well. 
if you're doing other people wrong, because here's the thing, you think that you're the most, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Many people like to think that they're the most moral person that ever existed. Mm -hmm. So you're out here doing everyone dirty, but since you have this, this such high regard about yourself, you're like, damn, if I'm doing this to other people, then what are other people doing to me? Who's scheming against me? And many times that ends up being the person that you're sleeping with, the very person that you married. And then you start to, again, you start to condition yourself psychologically to not trust anyone. And that's a problem. And that's where it leads to just relationship misery, not only in the one that you have, but your next one and then yeah. the next one. And then you just, you know, then we just go back to healing because that always got to get done. Yeah. But then in another thing, cheaters are almost, well, in my experience, in many occasions, reluctant to heal because they don't because they think they think it's a it's just a moment thing they don't see it as a big deal to be honest yeah or or then you see when people get caught up like trapped in this horrible prison that they themselves created mm -hmm. that they can't you know ex escape for example think about because i've seen this happen many times unfortunately many women who are these amazing women? Right. Straight up, they have you know. Nobody can can say nothing about them. Okay. Then out of nowhere, either they fell in a moment of weakness, or somebody did them dirty, and then it's like their personality morphs completely, and yeah. they start to wall out. A little bit, you know, a few more Instagram stories, mm -hmm. revealing a little bit more of this yep. selfies. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that that in itself is inherently wrong because, honestly, do what you're going to do. But then there comes a certain point where it's like they know that that is not who they are. But see, that's not that's not healing. It, but here's what I'm saying. They create this prison, this this personality. I, fi I feel like they create this personality and that personality is the prison itself itself. And then they do not know how to escape because it's themselves. And it's like, okay, this is who I am now. And then years down the line, when they start to heal, it's almost, it's very difficult for them to revert back to the person that they were if they ever can. Yeah. So. Because I think, I think at one point, and I, and I believe, and I believe strongly on this. I think at one point with age, we kind of start going into our purpose in the sense of wanting a family and wanting longevity in terms of relationships. So it's kind of like you're a guy or you're a girl and you're doing all these things at a young age and you think, and a lot of people have this mentality of like, Oh, I can be alone forever. I don't mind being alone forever. I'll just be that crazy cat lady. But that's not what you were intended to do. No. When you hit your mid thirties, forties and you see everybody around you, kids, happily married, stability, you're going to want that because that's what is, that's what is intended for you. Right. It's, it's almost like we're doing it backwards. The years that we're supposed to enjoy being single are, are our younger years. And then, hopefully, in the future, we can live in a peaceful, loving, and engaging relationship. Mm -hmm. But then what we end up doing is maybe we rush into relationships a little bit too quickly. We're not healing. And then we end up sabotaging what could be amazing relationships into the future. And we gaslight ourselves into believing, yeah, I can be alone by myself. I can, it's fine. Yeah. I can do this. But in reality, 
that's not what you desired. It's what you forced yourself into thinking that you want. Exactly. To protect yourself to a certain degree, because that's what happens. But um, but yeah, the cheater is affected, obviously. And we don't think about that too very often. We just think, oh yeah, they got, they cheated and they're they got they, their peace. Yeah, they got caught. They're just guilt. Yeah. But we also have to talk about the person that's cheated on, because obviously there are some very obvious repercussions and yeah. consequences, consequences to being cheated on. For example, your trust it plummets down. I feel like it just leaves you. You, you can't trust. The reflection in the mirror. Your, your villain arc activated fully. If you can avoid the villain arc, please do. <laughs> no, no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're not gonna get into the villain arc. Let, let's 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 you know. Okay, okay. We're talking about but, how but it here's affects. The thing, but here's the thing. That is a that is a consequence. Okay, but the villain arc isn't necessarily a bad thing. The villain arc. What do you mean? It's when when I say the villain arc, I just mean where you are in the space of kind of and it's kind of. You know, selfish, but it's like, okay, you know what? F all this. Yeah. I'm going to be better and I'm going to do me for the better. And who doesn't like it, just. But I don't consider that to be the, the villain arc, though. That's what I consider that to be the villain arc. Like you, like you see how how you see the the reels on Instagram and it's like a guy in the gym like with his hoodie all tied up and he's like getting it in and he's like, oh, they created this monster. Right. The dude is just in his bag. Like he's trying to. Right. Just, he's. Okay, but that's what I mean by villain arc. I don't mean like you're just gonna be like mean to everybody and just cut everybody that's off. That's not what I mean by villain arc. I feel like villain arc for me is walling out. It's not even I'm gonna focus on me, I'm gonna do me. It's part of it, but it's also I'm gonna do everyone dirty like I was done dirty. You see, I know that's just that for me, that's that's a villain arc, which is I feel like there's a redemption arc. Which is you realize that, you know, your value wasn't, you know, treated as how it should have been treated. You weren't treated as you should have been. And then you start to put safeguards around yourself. Not walls, safeguards. Maybe your judgment is a little bit better. Maybe your discernment of spirit is a little bit better. Maybe you give yourself a little bit more time before you rush into a relationship. That is what I think is a redemption arc. The villain arc, you know, uh, you know, they're getting the game to <laughs> bow. I don't know. I, I, mm. But the person getting cheated on, lack of trust. Well, like you said, the trust just leaves. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, um, last of loss of appetite. You know, which is a really big one that people know about, but they don't talk about. What's that? They project their insecurities mm. and they project their hatred possibly onto their kids because, and listen, for the women and men who avoid doing this, hats off to you. I consider you to be an emotionally mature person. But then there's the people who I'm not even going to call emotionally immature. It's just is really, really hard to cope with. That the man or woman that you loved that you thought was going to be there for you forever. Now you have a kid with that man's face, with that woman's face, with their DNA. 
Yeah. You can never unravel or untangle yourself from that person mm-hmm. ever. You share DNA with this with this kid. Mm-hmm. It's really and, and it's even worse when it's like they're the same sex. Like oh, okay. Like it's a man and then and you have the, a son yeah, and then boy. it's a girl. Yeah. And then it's like I see him in you. Mm-hmm. And then you start to project your insecurities onto that kid or even teenager or adult even. But seeing that's why we gotta be better because then we gotta if if I if I have a daughter with a girl who did me dirty, yeah, I'm gonna make sure that that little girl doesn't end up like her mom. True. Very true. Cause, well, it, mm, you can do your very best to avoid certain things. Yeah, you know, I th- I think you have it's within your power to raise them. As properly as you can, but then I feel like we try to do this overcorrection, where we start to say, "Well, your dad, this, this, and that; your mom, this, this, and and that," and I feel like that's such a bad thing to do. But it's about you know, it's about maturity at the end of the day. I personally wouldn't throw my baby mama under the bus if that was the case, right? Because that's irrelevant. That's it, irrelevant. It is irrelevant. At the end of the day, when the child grows up. It's going to see what the reality of everything. You know, people tell me that all the time. When a kid grows up, they see their parents for who they really are. Exactly. And I believe that to be wholeheartedly true. Yeah. Uh, But if you are cheated on, that is a consequence that you will have to face and you will have to heal from. Mm -hmm. But I suggest, if, if possible, avoid projecting your insecurities because at the end of the day that in itself is a consequence insecurity will be born when you get cheated on i do not care who you are you're gonna you're gonna ask yourself why her what does she have that i don't have Mm -hmm. what does how much money does he make that i don't make does he last longer than me is he bigger than me uh you know he have more money than me does he do things for her that i can't do Mm -hmm. you know and and then and I apologize if we're talking a little bit too straight up. I'm a straight up guy, so I just like to talk like that. Point is, you start to question yourself. And then let's say that you find that person more unattractive than yourself. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that can be even worse. Because like, damn, you you were willing to, to go, in your opinion, to downgrade yeah. to that person. What does that say about me? Am I not able to keep anyone around? And people who don't look as good as I do, which, again, this can be a little bit, uh, what's the opposite of humility? Prideful? Mm, yeah. yeah. Maybe prideful isn't the word here, but, yeah, I'm going to use that. It might be a little bit prideful of you to say something like that, but you know your worth. Yeah. And you're not blind. You can definitely see if you look better than someone, or you might think you're better looking than someone. Mm-hmm. And then to lose your your spouse, your husband, your wife to somebody who you do not consider to be on your level, that can have a major effect on your ego. A major effect on your self-esteem because you you're, you're going to be like, "Oh, what's the point? What is all this for?" Literally like it's everybody suffers, man. Everybody. Everybody suffers. That and, and and then I would like to dispel this little fairy tale of Oh, let's say that you are the third person or you are the one cheating, right? Oh, we're just going to end up together. You know, 
forget the, the forget the wife, forget mm-hmm. the husband. We're just gonna end up together. We're gonna have we're gonna start a family, whatever. And I have a question for you. I really do. I'm pretty sure you've asked yourself this. It's probably that like what is stopping me from doing that to her or well, him? Here's the thing. If another human being was done dirty for you, if that had to happen for you to have a relationship, what makes you think that the same thing is not going to happen to you? Exactly. What makes you think that that's not going to happen to you? Because they live in the fantasy world. See, and, the, and, and this is and this is kind of like where the where the parentheses of the other question is, why would you cheat on somebody who's good to you? This is this is this is where we start correcting. Yeah. Why would you cheat on somebody who's done good to you? If you have a wife or a husband who is a good wife or a husband, you're willing you're literally willing to lose it all for what? A moment of pleasure. Yo, I've always thought about this. And I'm pretty it's kind of comical when I think about it, but it's probably pretty tragic in, in the scope of things. Imagine you cheat on your spouse. For what you think is going to be this amazing sex, the best sex you've ever had. Trash. It's gonna be passionate, it's gonna it's gonna be all night. Trash. And it's garbage. You came in two seconds. And it's trash. It was done in three seconds. Let's give him an extra second. <laughs> you, you 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 busted in three seconds. She's looking at you like, Disappointed. like, like you're an idiot. Yep. You hyped her up with all this freaky talk over yeah, text. Yeah, he was talking crazy on sending on, all these things. You sent the 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 pic through an angle, yep. and then she sees an eggplant emoji. You, you know, she thought she ordered from Amazon, but she got something from Wish. Took it with the portrait mode on, bro. So <laughs> me, I'm telling you, it's kind of funny when you think about it, but I'm pretty sure it's tragic in the grand scheme of things. It happens. I, I'm kind of glad. Honestly, that it happens. I'm kind of glad. I hope that happens. Everybody who cheats, I hope that happens to you. I hope the sex is garbage. I hope you don't even get hard. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Bro, I hope if you're a woman and you're about to cheat, I hope you come up with a yeast infection. Dry, <laughs> you can, you dry as the Sahara. I hope you're on your period. If you're a man and you're about to cheat, I hope you can't get it up. I hope. I hope I hope all of the negative things that can happen in that moment. Facts. Just so that you can really come into in, into consciousness and realize that you forfeited what was a beautiful, probably a beautiful marriage for a moment of disappointment. And you know what's crazy? I, I, I like I know this I know this one guy, you know, no names obviously. Yeah. Uh makes good money. Okay. You know, living his best life. He's a professional. And he has he's he has a fiance, very beautiful, exactly, literally his type of girl, uh, fair skin, brunette, just everything. But I guess he thinks he's a little boring. But again, he is her like he did ask her to marry her. Yeah. So this goes to show that he does value her to one point. Okay. But on the side, like I said, the girl's everything. She's a nurse, professional, also. But on the side, this man is entertaining a girl who. Is doesn't like to work, doesn't have a license. Are you serious, bro? Lives with her, lives with her mom. Why? Why is that? Is so... a single mom, and I'm and I'm here thinking, and nothing against a girl, you know, but for the man, really. Honestly, I'm a little bit more upset that I do not find that hard to believe, bro. 
What are we doing, bro? For the history of, listen, let, let's use the Bible for reference. In the Bible, for the history of mankind, we have consistently chosen poop over gold. Consistently. We have, at, at every opportunity we get, at every bend, we choose the least value thing over the high value thing. And I don't understand why. I do not understand why. I feel like we're blinded by expectation. Men just stupid sometimes. And women. And women. Everyone. Everybody. True, because it happens all the time where women, exactly. where, where women will pick the the thug who really has nothing going on for himself over the guy who's like head over heels for her. <laughs> Yo, you know, my friends and I, we were saying, the there is no man that will get you pregnant quicker than a deadbeat. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, man. But it's 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 funny because if you step, take a step back, just a step back, get a moment of sobriety going, and you just say, you know what? I am about to sabotage, which let's talk about that for a second. They, If you think about it, you're, you can say, I'm about to sabotage what took a lot of hard work and effort to accomplish mm-hmm. a functional marriage. Right. Why do you think, put yourself in the cheater's shoes, why do you think men who have a beautiful wife, a good-looking wife, a wife that is that actually has something between her, her ears, mm-hmm. a good brain, yeah. and you can flip this for men too, yeah. why, you know, why, why women do this too, a woman who is a ride or die for this man, who will defend him at every bend, who has a child or multiple children with this woman. He never comes home to a dirty house. He never comes home to a, to a cold meal. And he is always received with love by his family. Why do you think we are so prone to sabotage that? Dude, like, I don't... I, I don't even have a, a real clear answer because there's just there shouldn't be. Like, it's, it's illogical. If you really think about it, it's illogical. Right. Who does that? Many people. I mean, many people do that, but in reality, it's like, why? So here, here is my my little theory as to why we is it insecurity? Part of it, a big part of it, and I say we because I like to, you know, I like to include myself in the populace, but I will never. This <laughs> is one. This is one. Of, I just want to clarify. This is one of those things that I'm not afraid of yeah. in marriage. I am never going. That's something I hope to never go through. Yeah, I hope you never go through it either. Because it's it's not fun from what I see. But uh, my hypothesis is the reason men and women are so ready to sabotage a good thing is because they have unhealed trauma, unhealed emotional scars, unhealed childhood issues and they got into what could have been an amazing marriage before they were ready to sustain that marriage see now apart from that i think i think it's just blatant selfishness to be honest yeah i mean yes absolutely but i feel like some things don't got to be that deep well here's the thing that's what i'm saying if if you have a woman who's who's a hardhead always fighting right you know Let's say that you do not find her attractive. You have no kid, so there's nothing stopping you. She doesn't do anything in the house. She doesn't want to work. She's not a team member. 
She's not a team player. She doesn't want to build with you. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not justifying it because, again, nobody told you to get into that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I can see where you can, like, have some leeway as to why you would do that. But I'm talking about men and women who have good things going they're for the, them. They're, they're, the, they're the standard for, for a good husband and wife. Exactly. I'm talking about those people. I really believe that the reason they end up sabotaging their marriages is, here's one, they never received an appropriate amount of love when they were kids. Or the love that they received was not in the way that they should have received it. Dad wasn't home. Mom was always working. They loved them, but they weren't there for them. So then when they see something that is good for them, they do not interpret that as love. They don't know what to do with it. Because That's because a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people don't really know what the word love means or what it really means to to love in general because I, everybody just throws the word around to somebody that you spent a good amount of time with. So it's yeah. only appropriate to, oh, it's been two, three years. I think it's time for me to say it. It's almost like a you have it in a calendar. It's a reminder. If it takes, honestly, if it takes you two, three years to, People are scared to see it. Uh, hold on. If it takes you two, three years to realize that you love this person or to maybe figure it out, I would consider other avenues. Because why did it take you this long? People are just scared of commitment and they know that that's what that word comes along with. That's true. That's there's true. so much power in love. There's, so, there's a reason why the whole gospel is love. It's I, not something to be taken lightly. And we continue to take it lightly every single moment. I feel like the thing that people meant, like, they miss all the time. Love is not an emotion. It's a decision. Because, spoiler alert, I don't wake up with the butterflies every day for my wife. Really? <gasps> yes. No, that does not happen Gosh. every day. Sometimes I wake up and... Shame on you, man. Hey, listen. I said what I said. <laughs> Point is... I don't wake up with the butterflies every day, but as soon as I look at her, I'm like, I am doing this for you because I love you. And I would never go back on that word. And even on the days that I do not feel like loving you, I will commit to my word and love you. Because there are some days, listen, I'm going to give you all a little, a, a little glimpse into what marriage really looks like. There are some days that you just want to be by yourself. It happens. There are some days that you just want some space to think, some space, which I encourage you to find that space, by the way. Yeah. That's not a bad thing to have. But there are going to be some days where even you annoy yourself, let alone other people. You cannot subject your spouse to the inconsistencies of your emotions. And if you see love as an emotion you're never going to have a consistency in your marriage. And it's also the fact that um, we like a lot of people have no sense of ind- individuality. Right. So when they are in their time that they are annoyed within themselves, since they don't have that sense of individuality, they don't they, they don't go out and release it with either a hobby or just going out and doing something within yourself. So then when you come back to being in the presence of your wife, you're not there complaining about why you're annoyed. Exactly. And then you can bring that newfound energy that you that you discovered while you were out in your own space 
Yeah. And then share it with her. So now when it's time for her to tell you that she's had a rough day, you're in the clear space to listen. Yeah. And, and also, also, because we're not here trying to one up each other about who had the worst day. Precisely. Precisely. It's, it's, it's more of a, okay, how can we focus? Like, how can we, what, what, what am I looking for here? There's a certain term. Redirect. How can we redirect the focus? That's the exact word. Because you had a crappy day. I had a crappy day. And this is just an example. How can we redirect the focus from the crappy day and translate that into how much you love me and how much I love you? Mm -hmm. Because, again, if we see this as an emotion, in my opinion, the emotion that overpowers the most is anger. If love and anger are both emotions placed on the scale, anger wins every single time. Mm -hmm. But then it's the emotion that feels that feels the best to us. It's the ones that's easier to release. It's, well, it's not love is not the emotion, but you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. It, because here's one thing: it's an expression that's a lot easier to release. Obviously, my wife makes me feel happy. She mm -hmm. makes me feel loved. She makes me feel all these great things. But we argue sometimes. We we have our differences. We're not the same person. Yeah, and we are bound to clash every now and then. Again, it is you. You are bringing two different worlds into one household, and it will take time for those two worlds to accustom themselves to each other. And in the meantime, there will be conflict. If you see love as an emotion, conflict will never be handled in a mature way. But then if you're the type of person that can sit down and say, hey, listen, okay, uh, we're heated right now. We, we, we let this get the best of us. Next time, let's reserve our words and explain, or not explain, but let, let's... Uh, manifest love to each other because yeah. it, it, again if you're fighting and you're not willing to resolve the situation what are you doing in the first place you're just barking at each other at that point with, with no resolve exactly you're just going back and forth because you think that there's a concept of winning an argument that does not exist exactly if you if you win tell me something if you win an argument with your wife what do you win really uh nothing because it, I, I can't really Exactly. There's there's a difference between you're you're corrected. You're corrected and uh you know you don't know what to do about that. But then you also have to figure out am I being corrected lovingly? Is yeah. this for my good or are they trying to get under my skin? And it's funny that you say that like backtracking to the whole um what you said about the be like just people arguing in relationships because the next topic literally is about an unhealthy marriage expectations. Exactly. And that comes along with it because a lot of times we think that we're always going to be in the honeymoon stage. Yeah. So it's been, you guys been dating for so long and it's easy to date when you're not living together. You know, you're angry. You can just go home. She'll go home next day. Just text good morning. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a little harder when you got to look at that anger and somebody you know, in the face and have to confront that face to face, not sleep it off. I feel like a lot of us are just not emotionally equipped to handle that, which is why, again, if you're somebody who is dealing with that internally, you're never going to be able to sustain a marriage. And then that is where you end up cheating on the last person that you should cheat on. That's what ends up happening. You're, we're not equipped. We don't see it as something that we can do. And again, it can it can be because when you were a kid, you had a really bad 
interaction with your parents. You didn't know how to be loved. You went through a lot of unnecessary relationships in high school. And they which, didn't show love to each other either. Exactly. Which, by the way, if you're somebody who's dating in high school, don't do that. It, it, it almost never works out. If it does, kudos to you. I'm just saying. You're, you're very immature to know what that is. I mean, I married my child, my high school sweetheart. Yeah, but you're like graduating high school. That's a whole different thing. I was a junior when we started. Well, fine. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know what else? Gee. You know what else happens? Uh, another reason why people end up doing that? We have a lot of unhealthy expectations. What is an unhealthy expectation in a marriage, bro? I think it's when you... I don't want to use this term, but kind of s- set the bar high to the point where it's almost inhumane to f- what you're expecting from what you're expecting. Not inhumane. You mean uh, it is not humanly achievable. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. So when it comes to setting the bar high, I have two opinions on that. We cannot set the bar too low so that anybody meets our standards. Yeah. But we cannot be delusional with our standards. Exactly. If you are expecting someone who is never going to fight, who is never going to argue with you, who's always going to do the things that you want them to do, who's out. Stay single. Stay single. Because at the end of the day, who are you marrying? Do you want to marry a a cookie-cutter version of what you think a man should be? Or do you want to marry a human being with all of their imperfections? I love my wife with all of her imperfections. She loves me with all of mine, and there are many. Imperfections are beautiful, man, because it's what makes us human. Exactly. And low-key imperfections is what really connects us to the other person. Let, let me tell you something. One of the most revered paintings in history, the Mona Lisa. Do you think that there's not any mistakes in there? Do you think that Leonardo uh, da Vinci just, he, he saw it, he did it exactly how he wanted to do it? Was it da Vinci? Yeah, it was da Vinci. Okay. It was. Okay. Bro, come on. <laughs> really? Okay. Amateur hour. Anyways, Da Vinci, I'm pretty sure, had a couple of strikes in there, or a couple streaks of paint that he didn't mean to put there. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It ended up being one of the most beautiful paintings. Well, I don't think it's pretty, to be very honest with you. However, one of the most sought-after paintings in history. And now... We can admire the Mona Lisa with potentially tons of mistakes because mistakes humanize things. Bro, there's so much. And like and exactly that painting example that you just said. Right. Can you imagine how many people probably looked at that painting in the beginning and was like, this is going to be crap. Yeah. And one of the most one of the most beautiful things about art is that nobody knows what it's going to be until the, the finished product. Yeah. Nobody knows what it's going to be. And that's where the value is added on even more. Because if you if you just already received this perfect spouse, it's going to, like, the moment that something happens, mm-hmm. it's going to diminish how you look at that person. That is why. And then, hold on. Go ahead. And there's, like, like I said, when you start a painting and you see the ending, you see the value in it. So when I when I meet somebody or when you're you know you're with your spouse and you start off and you see the imperfections and you see the painting and the person growing and yeah. you're with that person as they're growing, as they're evolving, when the finished product is done, you're gonna look at that person, you're gonna be like, Wow. I don't Okay. Yes. 
But then, adding to that, we also have to understand something. Is there ever a finished product? Yeah. I don't think so. I think, you want to know when I think there's a finished product? Go ahead. When you get to the level of your relationship where it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, we're here. I know what's, I know the issues with you. I know your negative traits. You know my negative traits. And it's to the point where it's, even if it happens, even if it shows out, like, you know, this is your person for life and you know, you're not going anywhere and it's not settling, but it's kind of like, if I'm going to deal with this with anybody else, it's you. Okay. So in that sense, I do agree with you then. Yeah. I feel like we really have to, we have to be very careful when we set standards. Very. Because let's say that the standards that you set for yourself are the standards that society tells you that you have to set. Or what you saw, what you saw another person set. Or another person says, hey, listen, don't settle for no man, this, this, and that. We have to understand that humanity is what you should be after, number one. Mm-hmm. A human being. Are they real? Are you compatible with that person? I do believe in compatibility. Are, yeah. are you compatible with that person? And like you said, beforehand, have some hindsight. Are you willing to say, I can see this person's imperfections? And I am willing to deal with this until the day I die. Even if those imperfections are never corrected. Or I'm willing to be there while they continue to paint this canvas. Precisely. Because it could be that eventually, you know, that imperfection will not be there anymore. Now it's just, are you willing to be there until that point? Yeah. But then again, there's always, here's one thing. Once something gets resolved, once there's an imperfection that's fixed, there's always another one that surfaces. Yeah. So, which is why I asked you, do you ever believe that there's a finished product? If if you, like you said, not settling, but if you recognize, okay, I am willing and able to work with this. That's a beautiful place to be in. Yeah. That's a, but it is impossible to get to that place if your expectations are ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, in terms of individuality, there is no finished product because again, nobody, we're never going to be perfect. Exactly. And I know that was the point you were trying to kind of get at. Yeah. And you know something? It's like there's some things that are a given. Yes. You want somebody who is hygienic. Mm -hmm. You want somebody who has a job. If you're a woman or you want somebody who was able to take care of you and you take care of them. You want somebody who was able to be a team player. Somebody who was willing to build with you, not against you. Somebody who is. There's certain things that just they have to be there. Exactly. Exactly. But. I seen these interviews on the streets, man, that they just I'm like these these cannot be real people. They're like, "Oh, how much money does a man have to be making for you to consider him?" And they say some crazy figures like $600,000. And then they ask him, "Okay, what do you do? How how much money do you make?" "Oh, I'm a receptionist making 15 bucks an hour." So, I'm like, "Okay. Okay. You are expecting this man to be uh, a millionaire by the time you meet him you you expected him to reach what many people will never reach in their lives that yeah. is the man that you will marry but you you have 
almost nothing. If we're talking about bringing things to the table, you don't even have a table. <laughs> so th- these are the things men, men. Here, here, you want to know where men really mess up with the expectations? Men who have been introducing porn into their brains. No sex, sexual expectation. Exactly. In the bedroom. Unhealthy, unachievable sexual expectations. Are we going to get into it? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Listen, you see a plethora of porn videos a week, which, by the way, in case you didn't know, is contributing to low testosterone levels across the country. That's a whole different subject. You watch so much porn, a bunch of different women, so you can't even decide what you like. A bunch of things that just... Crazy. Crazy thing. Because there's some crazy porn out there. There is. And by the way, I'm being very open and honest about this. I, for a long time, struggled with pornography. We both did. For the longest time. Never once did I want to be there. No. Which is why, I, to this day, I, I hate pornography. I hate the industry as a whole. Not the people in it. Because what it represents. Exactly. Because many people that are in the industry do not know what go. You know, it represents what, a fantasy. Maybe, maybe. Let me not say. They, they know, they but at the end know. of the at the end of the day, the love for money is is so is so you know it's whatever because exactly. they're making money exactly. But let's go back to because one one of these days we will talk about pornography, a in whole debt, in heavy. depth. But you spend your days, teenager, young adult, adult milf. You know that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> back up. Hold on. I'm saying you as a person indulge in pornography as a teenager, as oh. a young This man took it. Ooh. Bro. Wow. All right. Okay. So I thought you were naming the categories. Golly. All right. So let me let me reel it back in. You spend all of these years indulging in pornography, seeing all these different things, <laughs> seeing threesomes, seeing seeing so many you're you're funny. Seeing all these different things happening. And then you marry a woman who probably let's let's just say for the sake of the argument has never had an experience sexually she's a virgin let's say that she, yeah, yeah let's say that she's never had a sexual experience she probably does not know how to move like the woman that you see on these videos she probably doesn't know how to do many things on these videos she herself does not know what she likes yet and you expect her to be a porn star and then you go into it like you're... Wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. Go on. And you bust in 25 seconds. It's not even about that. You know what it is? I'm also, just making a point here that, like, I'm just, you know... No, I know, I know the point that you're trying to make. And it's it's dangerous. And you're not only... You're not only just hurting yourself, really, but you're hurting that, let's say, for the sake of the example, that, that girl. Of course. If she's a virgin... Half the time, honestly, hardcore porn is what's is what's mostly out there. You're gonna grab that version, you bastard. You're gonna dra- you're gonna grab that version, girl. Call this man a bastard. And you're gonna treat her like she's a porn star. And you're gonna just dive right into it, in the sense of like, you're gonna hurt her. All right, l- l- let me, because there are a lot of uneducated men out there. A lot, even married men, which is the, the sad. Yeah. Part. Number one. Lube is your friend. Lube is your friend, guys. Number one. Use it. Use it. Because a lot of women, they don't lubricate like what you see on porn. 
Because the things that you don't know about porn, what you're looking at is maybe a third or fourth or fifth shot of what they have been trying to do. Mm-hmm. So it's been going on for a while. Okay? That's number one. Number two, if you are ever doing something and your girl looks at you and asks, what are you doing? You should probably... You should probably re, re- reevaluate yeah, what you're doing. You should probably take that out of there. Oh, I saw the... Where did you see this, babe? Oh, I saw this on the, in such and such video. Oh, so now you're trying to incorporate a, a fantasy, something that is fake, into our intimacy. Which then leads to insecurity because she's going to feel like, even during sex with her, you're probably just thinking about so-and-so that you saw on the screen. Exactly. And then, you, you know, she, she, let's, say that, let's say that your wife had access to your, your porn history. We're getting really into depth about this, but okay. Let's say that she had access to your history, and she sees all the different type of women that you search for. How many of you men would really would be ashamed about if you, if your porn history got leaked or something? I feel like everybody would. Some probably more than others, because I'm telling you, there's probably some crazy ass. The, the, there's out crazy there. things out there. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you are con- because here's what people do not understand about pornography: it conditions your brain, it conditions your mind into into. And it warps your reality of what sex should be. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shows you a distorted image. It shows you, which, by the way, a lot of porn that you see is non-consensual. A lot of the porn that you see, you don't know it, but it might be even minors in that video. Well, oh, did, did you now, know? Now you're scared, huh? Did, did, you know that, scared. did you know that Pornhub was not? And by the way, the reason I know so much about this is because, number one, I've done my research. Number two, I am an ambassador for Fight the New Drug, an organization that is non-religious and non-profit that is against pornography. Fight the New Drug. Okay, if you want, if you want more resources about this, go to fightthenewdrug.org. Get educated. Get educated because there's a lot of things that you do not know. Pornhub was not requiring ver- age verification for videos up until 2020. Nah, for real? Bro, I did not know that. You, you didn't know, now you know. Pornhub was not requiring uh, age verification until 2020. And the only reason they started requiring this was because there was a massive scandal about so many people. There were kids that were recording themselves, uploading it. The people in that video were saying, hey, listen, I'm a minor. I don't want to be in this video. Sometimes they took it down. Sometimes they didn't. A lot of the porn scenes that you see, are uh, many of them are not consensual. They're, they are hurting the woman in that video. And she says it hurts. But guess what? We got to film anyway. We pay for the talent and we got to get this money. And you know what's crazy? At the end of the day, companies uh, companies are, are attract, like they're after a certain amount of viewers. Yeah. They're not going to put something on, the, on, their, on their page that isn't desired. Exactly. So what does it mean, lead me to believe? Yeah, the company's in the wrong, but it's also, it's what's being, that's what people want to see. Unfortunately, exactly. There is a term that is again the fight the new drug uses. Porn fuels a demand. Yeah. For example, and I, I don't want to get too deep into this topic because again I want to have an entire we like a, yeah we need like a whole episode for it. But here's here's something that a lot of you don't know. Pornography fuels the demand for sex trafficking. It fuels it directly. It's not even an indirect correlation. It is a a direct correlation. In fact, many of the videos that exist that are up on the internet are victims of trafficking that are being recorded and put up on Pornhub on 
Bang Bros on browsers and all these different websites. Which, by the way, Pornhub owns the majority of those websites, which is owned by MindGeek. I'm telling you, I've done my research. Another thing, fellas. Stop watching porn with your wives. Yeah. Don't think, like, there's so many other ways to spice up a date night. So many other ways. You can, there's board games, there's there's questionnaires, there's there's a lot of things that you can do. But if you're if you if you're in a relationship where you you feel like the relationship needs a little more spice, do not suggest oh let's watch porn together. Yeah, that's not that's not and, and women, wives, stop trying to be cool and accommodate this and and enable this addiction. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it does become an addiction, and you are the one that that ends up suffering because again, this man will try to implement things that he saw in this video on you he's gonna think that you're a rubber band that can flex just like the woman that's in that video he thinks that you're gonna do everything that she's doing he thinks you're missing mrs incredible exactly and then what ends up happening is to bring this full circle you are unable to fulfill what this man is looking at and then he ends up looking for what he's seeing on this video elsewhere mm -hmm. thus the cheating cycle begins so that's uh kind of what I think is an unhealthy expectation and unhealthy practices in marriage. But again, a lot of you have sent me messages about what you're going through in your marriage. And we're going to read some of them today. Again, we're going to read three today. So, Oscar, go right ahead. Okay. Um, well, here you read this one because that's the one. All right. So, a user writes, Hi, Johan, I have a question. My boyfriend and I have been together for one year and a few months now i want to wait until marriage to have sexual relationship with him but he wants to be sexually active all the time at one point i strayed away from my belief and broke my virginity to him we have been sexually active for a while but i recently told him i want to wait until marriage for sure i noticed that all he wants is sex with me whenever he comes home that makes me sad well let me reread re that I noticed that all he wants is sex with me whenever he comes to my home, so they don't even live together. Mm -hmm. That makes me sad. He doesn't communicate. That makes me sad because he doesn't communicate much with me like I do with him. We cannot even talk and chill for many hours because he wants to get into my pants so quick. Okay. What do you think about that, man? Red flag. Red flag. If he, if he, if he can't even, if he, if he can't even have a conversation with you. Like a real conversation with you, just rushing it to kind of just get to get to the sex. Yeah. I just if if you are a because it sounds to me like she's a girl of faith. Okay. That's a red flag in itself for you to just leave. Because yeah. that's obviously not gonna lead to holy matrimony. I I agree. And here's the thing. I believe that even that can be redeemed. You it know? can. Because let's look, I'm going to be frank about that. However, it's a red flag because you told him, you, you told him that you wanted to wait until marriage. And it seems to me by the way that you wrote this, that he just disregarded a very sensitive request mm -hmm. because sex is the most intimate that you're ever going to get with a person. So you, your request was disregarded. And now it seems like he's or it feels like he's pressuring you into doing this 
And that is where I call a really big red flag. I've always said something. If you want to get out of the roommate phase with a person, stop having sex for a while. Just stop having sex and see what you guys have going on besides sex. Besides sex. Because sometimes a lot of couples just, the only time they feel connected is when they're intertwined. Exactly. And that's a bad thing. They can't They can't have conversations. They can't sit down and have just, hey, how are you? How was your day? No. The only time they feel like they're a elite one is when they are in the bedroom. Precisely. And don't get me wrong. Sex is important. It's very important. However, uh, Andy Minio, when I'm uh, a rapper, he, uh, I'm not sure if it was Andy or Del Mustafa. One of them, they brought an example up, and I want to bring it to you. Let's say that you are a freak of nature. Yes, I am. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's say that you're a freak of nature, and you could do the unthinkable and have sex straight for one hour. Mm-hmm. Without stopping, just straight, mm-hmm. right? There are twenty-four hours in one day. Correct. You are basing, you're building your relationship on a foundation of one hour where there are twenty-three left. What do you do for those other twenty-three hours? Let's say that you are a responsible adult and you work and you sleep for eight hours, right? Those are sixteen hours gone. That's fine. But there is still more time in the day than what you would spend having sex. And this is assuming that you're having sex every single day. Again, a freak of nature. Probably just on your phone half the time, to be honest. Because if there's, like I said, there's no compatibility. Exactly. Exactly. The point is, if you, if the basis and the foundation of your relationship is sex, that is a really bad thing to build upon. Because number one. Uh, sexual drives deferring from one another is a real issue that many couples go mm-hmm. through. Let it be because of men, for example, us men, if we work a lot for long hours and we're tired, our sex drive just drops. And the whole porn thing. The pornography destroys your sex drive. Yep. And then you also have the issue of, okay, we had sex. What happens before and what happens after? Well, we just go to sleep. Do we just go to which sometimes that's fine. But then then again, I'm saying it is a terrible, terrible foundation to build your relationship upon. It is, in my opinion, a perk, a privilege that you get once you have fully committed to each other. And now you can indulge in a deeper level of intimacy. Now, let me speak to the Christians real quick. You do not need to be in a relationship with somebody who's not a believer for it to be unequally yoked. That is very true. You can find somebody within the church and still be in a relationship that's unequally yoked. Why? Because it doesn't glorify God. Yeah. And not just because it doesn't glorify God, but even if you are trying to glorify God and the other person's just in their in their desire, in their flesh, let's put it that way. You're unequally yoked, really. You really are. And 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 Unequally yoked is also, it's it's about compatibility as well. Because let's say that you have a certain calling and she has a certain calling. They're both good callings, but they clash with each other. Mm-hmm. And you'll never be able to do those things peacefully. That in itself is un, an unequal yoke. But going back to this example, I would I would back off a little bit. Because again, you don't even live together. This man has not fully committed to you. You can't you can't think that you're that you're a lot stronger than 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 your flesh because 
you're going to just end up leading yourself back into the same hole that you try that you're trying to dig yourself out of. And it might even start innocently. Oh, just come over, watch a movie. You know, we'll be on the couch. It's cool. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's like a sex scene in the movie. Things get a little hot. Yeah. You feel his boner. Cause let's be honest here. You feel his boner. It happens. You're, you're, you are not a robot. You're not a robot. You acknowledge it. And yeah, start hands start going, start dry humping. Oh, you start to feel her. Now she's a little, now she's a little wet. Yeah. Why are you narrating like that? I'm narrating because these are real life situations that yeah, happen. They do happen. They do happen. But yeah, keep going. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a creep or anything, but these are real life situations that happen. Right. And sometimes you don't even got to be a Christian. Sometimes you just got to be somebody who has, who was raised with morals and that they, they taught you wait till marriage. Yeah. And even that can be devastating to your moral compass. Your moral compass is something that you have to protect because once it starts to, to lose its north, it's really hard to get back to mm-hmm. it. I'm telling you, this is, it's coming from somebody who's been through that. Me. Because I, I can be very honest and transparent with you right now. Many times I have lost my north. Many times my my moral compass has been corrupted by things that I have been doing that I should not have been doing. Exactly. And guess what? At the end of the day, it ends up being a, a, a traumatizing experience for everybody who's involved. And again, we just try to justify it by saying, oh, we're weak. Yeah. We're human. We have desires, etc. No. You knew what you was going to go over that house to do. Don't Don't play. Don't play with yourself. Don't play with that other person. Or not just that. It's a, it's a little bit deeper than that. You knew what you were going to go do, but let's say that you didn't want to do it. But you know what happens every time you go over. Mm-hmm. Let's say, oh, no, today it's not going to happen, bro. It's going to happen even quicker today. Well, you said that last time. And the time before that. <laughs> hey, real life. The, these are real situations, man. I'm telling you. And here's the thing. It's a very hard thing to break because... We like it. Because it feels good. We like it. Of course sex feels good. But then, here's what I want you to know. You are ruining your sex for marriage. You are ruining it because you're you're, you're indulging into something that you're not ready to partake in. Because this person has not fully committed to you. Even if you get engaged, the commitment has not fully come to to fruition. So you are indulging in something that is going to, that should be indulged. When the full commitment has come through. And sex is not just the penis going to the vagina. It is not. There, it, there's a transfer of spirits. It's not just fluids. It's a transfer of spirits that's going on. A lot of interchange. You're becoming as intimate as you can possibly be with a person. There's a lot of people, by the way, biblically speaking, that have a different theology when it comes to this and that and they have different interpretations. Sure, have your theology. That's totally fine. However, if we were stranded on an island... And all you had was the Bible. Again, assuming that you're a believer. And it says this should be reserved for marriage. What would you interpret? It should be reserved for marriage. That's it. So my, my, my final advice to you is respect yourself enough to know when you, when you have to leave. And don't be afraid to make people uncomfortable by standing up to, by standing up to what you believe. Maybe other people should be staying uncomfortable. Yeah. Keep that man uncomfortable. Yeah, keep him uncomfortable. When he comes over, don't even have him sit in the basement. And by the way, if he ends up leaving you because you didn't cave, good. You dodged the bullet. Because guess what? That marriage that you were going to get into was going to be hell. 
it was going to be miserable for you because all that he was going to see was a sexual object because apparently that's all he sees now. Yeah. Sorry to break the truth to you, but the truth will set you free, saith the Lord. Amen. All right. So next question. Next question. Uh, I need advice. I have been in my I have been with my husband for three years, married for married for a month, three months prior to engaged. I found out he was cheating on me, forgave him. Now, rewind to a few days ago, finding messages from females when I already addressed it multiple times. Say that I am not comfortable with him making connections with females. Do time his situation and tell fem- females he he probably a typo on there. Yeah, he low he low when. It was addressed. His response was, I didn't do anything. This triggered me. Now I'm regretting forgiving so fast. So uh, from what I got is that they've been married three years and three months prior. They Before they engaged, he found out he was cheating. The guy is sending messages to a, to females or a female, mm-hmm. and she addressed it that it was bothering her multiple times, and he is trying to justify by saying, oh, but I'm not doing anything, as in physically. Brother, okay. Sounds like he's ghostlighting her. Ghostlighting? You mean gaslighting? <laughs> I I want to put ghostlighting on a shirt now. I don't know. It sounds tough. All right. Oh, we got <laughs> it. Ghostlighting. All right. Sorry about that. It's all right. So, first and foremost, I don't think that's gaslighting. Gaslighting is a is a whole different thing. I do believe that this man is being naive. And I do believe that he's being, what's the right word? Ignorant. Oh, yeah. He's being ignorant to the fact that. He's not taking into consideration your feelings. Exactly. He's not taking your your uh, your concerns seriously. He's not taking your request of respect seriously. You see, and this is what we were talking about earlier, because from what I'm reading, obviously, he, they are they've been married for three years and all that he was the one as the man who proposed exactly. meaning you wanted this mm-hmm. sir you wanted this and i also come to understand that if you ask a woman to marry you it's because you see value in her exactly and here's the thing marriage is not just oh you want to move in together no marriage is a commitment to that person and that you're in a, you're public there's a reason why weddings have uh invitations why wedding has have guests you are publicly acknowledging this is my woman this is the wife that i have chosen she accepted me and guess what i got no more hoes if you were a hoe that i had before this you be gone yep marriage should be considered hoe be gone literally i mean that's also why you wear a ring exactly it's the whole repellent you wear and sometimes it's a whole attraction bro well that's where you got to stand firm on you know on the vows that you made to that person. Yeah. But uh, number one, just to go back to her point. If you're if you are a married man and I'm sorry, a lot of people do not agree with me on this, but I, I don't I don't really give a damn. You should not be interacting with other women. On, on, on that level, because sure, you can have women friends that are also friends with your wife. But why are you messaging? Why are you being sneaky about these messages? Why didn't your wife know that you were messaging these women? That's because you already got caught once. Exactly. If this, this it, it just proves my point. You got caught being sneaky. You got caught cheating. You got caught 
talking to other women in inappropriate ways. What makes you think that now, oh, I'm just, I'm not, bro, you sound stupid, bro. You sound really dumb. It's kind of like that example that you were saying about selling drugs. Like, why would you want to, like, why would you want to, why would you want to put your freedom and your life at risk by doing something that you know eventually will get you caught up? Yeah. You're going to fall. And there's and there's nothing. Why, and why would you want to live in that in that constant turmoil of oh I'm gonna get caught? What if I get caught? What if the police comes? What if they you know? Yeah. Why not just live at peace? Live at peace where you where I can leave my phone here, and I don't, I don't have to worry about a damn thing. Bro, being in a house where everyone flinch like everybody flinches as soon as you grab their Bro. phone. That is so weird to me. My question is, why would you tie yourself to that? My man, if you wanted to be a hoe, just be a hoe, but don't get don't involve another woman. Don't involve, especially a woman who's more than willing to be a wife. Yeah. Exactly. So my advice to you is got to be a strong woman, put your foot down and address the situation. The, I don't know how many times it's been you said it was multiple times, but address the situation and a decision is going to have to be made either on his part or on your part. I hope it's on your part because if you, well, like, I hope it's on his part. Because no, actually, no, here's why I disagree with that. I hope it's on her part. <laughs> I hope it's on her part because she was the one who was done dirty. Yeah. Why I, would you let the decision making to the person who clearly has no intention? Oh, no, no. I meant, you know, I hope it's on his part that he sees what he's doing is wrong. He changes. That's what I meant. Man, I just don't think it's going to happen. Because here's the thing. If you were caught once and you really don't want to go through that again. I just want to save marriages, bro. Me too. <laughs> but more than save marriages, I want marriages to be what they should be. And guess what? Absolutely. If you try to save this marriage, I say this all the time, for the sake of it being how it was before he got caught cheating, that's not going to happen. It is impossible to revert to the level of trust that you had when you had nothing. Uh, you had no blemishes. You were righteous. You were doing what you had to do. You were not entertaining on the woman to her knowledge because you were. And then if you want to save the marriage because you want to trust him like you did before, that's not happening. Now, it sucks because obviously she loves the man. Right. Otherwise, she wouldn't be here asking for advice. Did she say that they had kids? Uh, She did not say that. No. OK. So. Again, how far does far how far does love really take you in 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 uh because she's probably asking herself. Because a lot of people do all the time when they get cheated on. Oh, I want to leave. I don't deserve this. But I just love that person so much. Yeah. How far does love take you in a situation like this? Man, the thing about love is, sure. Let's, okay. I, I want to acknowledge the humanity in this, this scenario. Let's say that this brother has a problem with women, right? Let's say that he is somebody who has always struggled with being a one-woman man, right? I understand that. Maybe you shouldn't have gotten married so quick. But that's a different subject. Maybe. If this man really loves her, the first thing that needs to happen is an inward look, introspection. Why am I like this? Not deviate the conversation, not say, oh, I wasn't doing nothing, looking like a whole idiot, because that's what you sound like, an idiot. I hate when men do that, bro. It really pisses me off. Like, you... you they they catch you with the hand in, in the, cookie, in the jar. cookie jar. Oh, I wasn't gonna eat it, bro. You got the crumbs on your. You face, got crumbs bro. on your face. You ate it last time. But oh, I wasn't gonna eat it. Okay, watch your hand in the jar. You just want to admire it, <laughs> idiot. 
Bro, men can be so stupid sometimes and it really pisses me off. But that's a whole different thing. You have to stop deviating the conversation. You have to acknowledge I am doing the same thing that led me to cheating on my wife. Bro, stop hurting your wife, man. For real. Stop hurting Jeez. your wife because the fact that you're hiding things just shows that you're scared to lose her. Why are you putting yourself in a predicament where you could lose somebody that you're scared to lose? And not just that. You are one of the lucky few men that got caught cheating and were not kicked to the curb. That's a fact. Why on earth? Again, bro, this brother's dumb. Oh, my god! Imagine gosh. going to jail and, and getting just a pat and, like, just a little hand slap and then just... But you know something, though? That's actually a statistic that exists. Many men who go to jail and do not receive severe sentences are repeat offenders. Maybe there's some science behind that. I'm not sure. I just suggest that you respect yourself enough to know where you stand in the marriage and make a decision for your sake. Again, I want you to make an educated decision. I do believe in saving marriages. And if the man is willing to commit and to go to therapy, because therapy in this one is mandatory. I'm sorry. You, you got to go to therapy by yourself and with your wife. But if you want to save your marriage, please do not do so with the expectation that the trust is going to be how it was before you caught this man lacking. Do we have another question? Yes, we do. It's long. I don't want to read it. I'm just going to, I'm going to paraphrase it and see. Hey, this is the same one, right? Nah, bro. You gotta, no, you got to go down. Oh. Well, I'm, That's see, the long one. Bro, I'm technology, man. I sound old. Let me stop. This man has a MacBook. Okay. So, first of all, I love your content, says a user. Can you please give your input on a husband who can't keep his eyes off of other women, but barely ever looks at his own woman? Ah. <sighs> I kind of want to be blunt, but be, I don't know. Be blunt, bro. I don't care. We'll put we'll put the explicit um, explicit banner on it. That man don't like you. Unfortunately. Wait, did it say that they were married? Let me see. It's a long thing. Oops. There you go. Yeah, let me see. I'm just gonna scour for the word husband. Um. In that case, like. Yeah, husband. Th- honey, that man. Jeez. That man's not attracted to you, personally. Now, this can be translated in a number of things. How's your sex life? How's, you know, and all that. But if he's looking at other girls and doesn't look at you, I'm just going to assume that your sex life is not, is not the best. And I just blame, honestly think he's not attracted to you. You have to figure out why. Because it says that that is her husband. Yeah. How did it get to this point? What's going on? It could be a number of things. And I, this is where I'm going to. I, I don't want to blame you for something that should not be happening because I don't care what. But what you are about to say is a factor. Exactly. Look inward. That I should make a shirt, man. Look yeah, inward. They're coming. They're Look coming. inward, and analyze if there is anything that could that you could be causing this man to not be attracted to you. Because guess what? Many men, yes, we do look at the outward, but the inward is just as valuable to us. Yep. Are you a woman who protects this man's peace? Are you a woman who is are not... You, like, do you sit down and talk with him? Are you a safe place? Are you a safe spouse to be with? Are you understanding? 
do you comprehend his issues and do you and do you actually pay attention to him exactly to his you, issues you can be physically the most beautiful gorgeous woman in the world me personally i'm speaking for me to be honest with you you can be the most beautiful looking a woman in the world to the standards of the standards of society and if right. you for the thing i i i'm attracted to things like like intelligence and you know, girl that shows her feelings. And if you don't have those things, I don't care who you are. To me, you, I'm not going to look at you twice because of that. It's like I say. You cannot be an airhead and consider yourself to be an attractive person. Exactly. Because beauty is something that will fade. I'm talking both to men and women. Beauty is something that will eventually fade quicker for some than others. Right. However. Your emotional intelligence your ability to sustain a conversation, your ability to connect with people, that is almost immediately attractive. Exactly. Now. Now. If that is not the case, let's say that you are an attractive person. Mentally and... Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Yeah. Let's say that you got it all going on for you, right? And this man is still looking at other women and entertaining other women. He possibly doesn't like you. That's what I'm saying. He possibly got married before he should have. He possibly, you know, he might have FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh. Which is not an excuse. Or he could just, you know, good old porn like we were talking about. Exactly. That will cause this man's reality to be warped. Ask him if he has a porn problem or if you already know that he has a porn issue, I would maybe treat it through there. But right now, uh, if he's constantly talking to other women, looking at other women, entertaining other women. No, 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 no. He's just looking. I feel like if she would have said he was talking, she would have said that. I feel like she did, though. Check. I'll check for you, bud. I'm not sure, man. There you go. Let me see. Do the research. Uh... If he's just looking, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, conversations, sit sit him down and ask him, you know, why it makes you feel a certain way and why he does what he does and make it feel, and it's a safe space. Make him feel like it's a safe space to communicate that with you. And obviously, if he's a man, if he's a grown adult, he can't be ignorant to the fact that that he's looking. And obviously, anybody, it, it, you gotta, he got to put himself in your shoes, how you would feel if you looked at other men the same way that he looked at other women. Okay, I'm just going to, after reading this, I'm going to be very blunt. This man's cheating on you. Listen, you say that you, no matter how many times you have tried to talk to him, he just gets angry. And even if you sit on his lap, he doesn't look at you. He, you get butt naked and dance with him and he just ignores she you. She says that? She says that? Yeah, she said all of that. No. He isn't the same. He is to his friends or family with everyone. He just laughs and jokes, but with me, barely anything. I'm embarrassed walking next to him. Girls are looking back when he looks at... Then they give me dirty looks. I feel disrespected and I feel embarrassed and stupid. I never feel pretty or good enough. Can you maybe make the... All right. That sounds like he's. That cheating. sounds like this man is cheating on you. I don't want to be the bearer I, of bad news, or, or just, or I don't want to maybe start something that isn't there. But you're, you're married. You can be naked around this man, and he doesn't pay attention to you. You try to sit on his lap, and he looks to the other. That 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 
That spells cheating all over. That has cheating all over it. Or he's gay. But continue. But that might be true, though. That might be true. All right. <laughs> well, that that was so far, in my opinion, under the category of cheating. It could be a factor, but... But listen. Dang. Therapy. Therapy or, like I said, or just a conversation. Sit down and talk. But the thing is that she says that she tries to talk to him about it, but he just gets angry. Mm. He probably says things like, I don't look at women. Like the cookie jar guy. <laughs> Stupid. Like, I don't do it. Man, I don't know. It's ignorance, man. It's ignorance. You know what like you know what you're doing. You're a grown ass man. You know what you're doing. And you know what you shouldn't be doing. It's like I said, it's like I said. I'm pretty sure if, if him as a man, if he saw you looking at other men the way he looks at other women, how would he feel about it? Exactly. Triggered, his ego would be crushed. He would have no emotional stability to handle that situation. He's gonna lash out and they're gonna fight. So now if I feel like if now if he, I feel like if he gave the green light, like, yeah, go ahead, do that. Definitely cheating. I would say pack her bags and see what he does. Just pack them? Yeah, just pack her bags. Give him a little scare. You know, it's unfortunate how many men just need that scare, that reset to actually come into consciousness. Yeah, I mean, the good old saying, you never know what you what you have until, until you lose it. My suggestion to you, pack your bags. Give him a good scare. When he says, where are you going? Just say... I've tried to talk to you about this many times. You deviate the conversation. You get angry. Maybe try to talk to him one more time before you pack your bags. Yeah. And then, and then use that. If he gets angry, use that as the proof that he does, in fact, get angry when you mention it. He does, in fact, like to deviate the conversation. Pack your bags. And then see if he's willing to talk to you then. Because if he's just ready to let you go. You've been gone. You just don't know it. And this is and this is real. Like like we sit up here and, and you know sometimes we make jokes or we make, but this is real. And sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to to save to save a marriage or to save a relationship. If I was if it was me, and my girl packed her bags, we need, I, we need to talk. I'd be like, yo yo, where you going? Nah, you not you not going nowhere. We gotta talk. So it might sound a bit a bit comedic, but like I said. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. Yes. And again, I always tell people, men or women, respect yourself. Respect yourself. Be Respect yourself enough to know your value and understand that you are worth more than being a second plate on a table. This is your husband. You are the wife. You're not a girlfriend. You or a are boyfriend. the wife. You have this man's last name. You live in the same home. And guess what? The state sees you as one. So God does God. One. So if, if if he cannot honor his commitment to you, I'm telling you, just pack your bags. Pack your bags. See what happens when he sees the bag at the door. And it's so dumb because like you're like why are you just you're not even doing anything. You're just looking. You can't you can't hold yourself accountable and and keep, hold some type of restraint for a brief second to not look, knowing that that brief second can easily anger your wife. My question is, what what's the point? Exactly, what is the point? What's the point of looking? Because here here's the thing: I've, I've never really understood. Fine, I acknowledge there are some very beautiful women, very. 
Yes. I would be ignorant to not acknowledge that. However, my wife catches my eye not because of her physicality, but because of everything about her. And I know that about my wife. I don't know anything else about these women. Anything else. All I see is a body. Why would you deviate your eyesight, your attention, from the prize that you bagged because at the end of the day, it's not that saying that women are objects, but that is your wife. That is the woman that you put a rock on. That is the one that you said, I'm done looking. I'm done. This is it. I found, I, I, this is the best that I can do. Yeah. And I am happy with this. Why would you ever jeopardize that by, it's like. By looking. Bro, I was, I was in training one day and this man, he's married, has kids and every woman, everybody that would Cross his man's eye. He had something to say. He's like, oh, did you see that? Oh, look at that. Was he Dominican? No, no. He wasn't. Surprisingly. But he had something to say about every woman that would cross his eyes. And then I said, he he tried to like involve me. Like, oh, no, man, I'm married. I don't really have to look. I'm, I'm happy with what I have home. He tried to hit me with that. Oh, no, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the menu. I'm not eating. But what do I always say? If you're still looking at the menu, it's because you're still hungry. Guys, this has been Stay Uncomfortable. This has been Johan. It's your boy Oscar. Thank you so much for joining us. and Thank you for the ones who were on the live with us the whole time. Absolutely. We've we seen some of your comments. I think there was even a question in there. Yeah, but I guess we'll get to them eventually. Next time. Next time. Thank you so much for joining us, and y'all have a great one. Peace.